Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, hey there, and thanks for joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast. I thought I'd stick with a theme that I touched on uh, on social media here a week or so ago. August 1st begins my 29th year. That's right. So here, if you're listening to this, I'm recording this in August of 2022. And that means that I'm in my 29th year of running my own enterprise. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to share 28 tips, takeaways, lessons, and thoughts and considerations based on 28 years of running my own enterprise. I, if you run your own company, if you have your own business, if you're self-employed, if you're in the gig economy, if you uh, are entrepreneurial, you have lessons, takeaways, and tips. And I thought, hey, this would be kind of cool to see where yours mesh up with mine. If you don't have your own business and you aspire to, let me give you the Cliff's Notes and basically maybe cut through some of the some of the clutter, or more importantly, some of the hard lessons you're going to learn. So that's what we're doing here today. I'll expand on each of these. I just want to make it kind of fun and interesting for you. And I could probably do 28 and then another 28, and then probably another 28 after that, because those of us who have been out here piloting our own ship uh, understand some of this. Uh, 28 takeaways from 28 years running my own business. Number one, it's your show, but it's their dough. As most of you know, I started my career when I quit corporate America as a 25-year-old, I was attempting to be a political comedian, and I built a business around being a political comedian. Uh, comedy is very, very difficult to make into a business. Uh, lots of people get stuck at the open mic night, never get past that. So looking at your business as a show, which it is or is not, but the point is, what you do, your product, your offering, your service, it's yours. Cool. Awesome. But you do it for other people. It's your show but it's their dough. Don't ever forget that every dollar you're going to make for the rest of your career is somebody else's dollar right now. You've probably heard me say this in past episodes. If you picked up my book, you know there's something I swear by, but it's something that's so crucial it's worth repeating. That's why I'm putting it out here again, that no matter how brilliant you are, no matter how amazing you and your offering might be, it still has to sell to somebody else. So don't ever forget that it's their dough, even though it's your show. You need their money to have a business. That's something that I think was the number one lead off when I said, what's my 28 years in business taught me? Number two, you are replaceable. Uh, You know, we misuse the word unique. Unique is something that we toss around all the time. Uh, It's about like passion. God knows everybody's passionate about stuff right now. But unique means having no like or equal. Is your business really that unique? Does it have no similar, no like, no equal? You're pretty damn arrogant if you think that. You know, I was a Bill Clinton impersonator. Professional Bill Clinton impersonator. Dressed up as Bill Clinton, came in, did an act for your corporate event 20-some years ago. And even then, it wasn't the only one. There were others that did this. And if there weren't, there were close similes. Somebody else that did political comedy that could have been plugged in. The point is, I always work at being different by being somehow in a different stratification so that you don't get compared. It's a constant battle to differentiate yourself from all of the other offerings. But the reality is, you're not probably unique. Therefore, you're probably replaceable. Don't forget it. 
Number three lesson after 28 years in business, save your money. It's as simple as that. We're not going to get into a financial show here today, but save your money. Why? Because there will be bad days, weeks, and quarters. You will need to have money backed up to get you through the slow times. More importantly, when you have money saved, and I've read a number of articles about this, if you have money in savings, your confidence, your confidence is so much boosted. There was a big article about this during the Great Recession. People that were sitting on twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars that they didn't have to have that moment weathered that recession so much better, not because they used it, but because they knew that it was there if they could use it. And therefore, they kept their businesses going and they kept a, a level head and they did not get desperate. Save your money. You will not only use it, you will not only need it, more importantly, it will be there to give you confidence to get you through the slow times. And you will not be making business decisions out of desperation. Number four, while we're talking about money, invest in that which builds your brand, makes you stronger, and ultimately makes you money. There's a difference between spending and investing. You've probably heard this, it bears repeating. Are you really getting a return when you say, well, it's a write-off. Well, if I go and buy this thing, I can write that off. That's not investing. That's not even tax strategy as well as much as you might think it is. It's blowing your money and then justifying it. Invest in that which makes you money, builds your brand, keeps you around for the long haul, has a long-term capital plan. Invest in marketing. Invest in the things that build your brand and build your company and build you, make you stronger, make you more educated, make you more in demand in the workplace, in the marketplace. Number five. Don't ever forget that people care about themselves. You know my buddy Bruce Turkel, he wrote a book all about them. He's in branding and marketing genius. He's uh, He's got an entire book about this concept. I'll boil it down to this, because I actually put this in a book before I ever even knew Bruce Turkel, that guess what? People care about themselves. You do too, you're not an exception. You do things because it's good for you generally. You buy things because it does something for you. Make your product, your offering, your service about them, meaning those who you serve, those who are your customers. People care about themselves. Oh, but we got to tell our story. I hear this all the time. You know, I work in agriculture. Oh, you got to get out there and tell your story. Tell your story. People don't give a shit about your story until your story impacts them or gives them some benefit or value. Make it about them. Number six, the confused customer does not buy. How simple is your marketing? How succinctly can you define what you do for a paying customer? How simple can you make it for them? The confused customer does not buy. Well, we've got this, 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 and this. And you know, we go over here, da, 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 da. Oh, and you know what? Also, we, we can do this. And you know what? Our company does this. Well, wait a minute. I thought I came here for a garage door opener. You've just terrified me. I'm going to just hold off on my decision because I'm not sure I understand all that you threw at me. Ah, pull back and look at your marketing, your messaging, and how simple it is for people to comprehend what it is you do for them. And then maybe it needs simplified back some because the confused customer does not buy. Number seven, your personal happiness should not be directly correlated to your business success. However, let's not kid one another here. Usually, your professional and personal life walk in lockstep down the same pathway. 
You've heard the thing where the guy and the woman are getting divorced and it turns out they're losing their business and they have no money and now they're fighting over the kids and then they don't get along and then one of them starts sleeping around. Usually these things go hand in hand is what I'm saying. So you would do well to strive for both personal and professional happiness and prosperity because the two things, your personal and your professional life, are very difficult to somehow unravel and separate. Like it or not, that's the truth. It doesn't say that if you've gone bankrupt, you should never be happy the rest of your life. It's saying strive to not be in that position because it's tremendously stressful. One stresses the other. Number eight, make it easy for customers to give you their money. Have you ever been in this situation? Maybe it's a restaurant. I've been there a number of times. You're done eating. You're clearly done eating. And you even get up and walk to a register or somewhere. And you're very clearly, you got your credit card out. And you're like, hey, I got to get, you know, I got a plane to catch. And they they say, oh, well, you've got to do this. And you got to wait on the server. And then we got to do And you're like, hey, hey man, I, I, I want to just pay you. And I have no problem with what you're charging me. But why do this? Okay, what about this? I know that companies used to make, you know, big credit. You had to go and get approved for credit to do business with them before they extend you credit. That's an issue of money. I understand it. But look at what you are doing or seek to do with the business you want to start or run or do run. Are you making it hard for people to give you their money? I myself did not take credit cards for my speaking business and my book and product sales. Until about five years ago, I said, Lori, this is, seems kind of silly. We just assume that they can cut checks. But some of these people are independent out here in their regions. They're, they run a territory. And they just are used to paying stuff on credit card. Let's just go ahead and make it so we can take their credit cards. So it, maybe it costs a little bit to get set up. Let's not make it hard on our customers to give us money. Number nine. It means we're almost a third of the way done. Do you know what you sell? Because my takeaway from the years I've been in business is to make sure that you know what you sell. Now, I've talked about this before on this very podcast and some of my writing, but the main thing here is most folks get so caught up in their product. They think their product is this pin. And the reality is nobody wants this damn pin, this pin that's in my fingers right now. If you're listening and not watching, I'm holding a pin. I'm shaking at the screen. Why am I doing that? Because nobody cares about this pin. What do they care about? What comes out of this pen? The fact that I can take notes, write down, go through my outline, use it to make my business flow. Now that's an old fashioned, that's an old fashioned reference because most people don't even use pens anymore. Okay, great, use your cell phone. You don't care one thing about all of the nifty technological features on your cell phone, I'm guessing what you really care about is you care about what it does for you. You're allowed to get a, a text or an email when you're in a, in a all over the country. You can look up stuff on there and get knowledge. You can use it for all sorts of processes and for building your business and making your life easier. You don't really care about the cell phone, you care about what it does for you. Same with your customers. Understand that what you sell is probably not the cell phone, it's what the cell phone does. Understood? Know what you sell and it's probably not the product that you sell, it's the result of your product. Number 10, read. Simple as that. You don't have to read my books, maybe you have and I hope you have, but read. I read a Wall Street Journal, I read different news magazines, I read farm agricultural stuff, I go online and pour through different media. Why? I want to stay sharp. Most people do not read. It's got it's tragic. Even college educated people 
Most of them have not read a book since they were last assigned one on campus. Read. Read publications, news publications, business books, self-help books. Read stuff that you might even disagree with. You understand who, how other people are thinking or what they are consuming in terms of media. Read. Number 11. Realize that time is all you have. That's all we got on this earth. Time. Oh, yeah, we got our brains. We might have our health. We... Um, We've got the baggage we create for ourselves. We've got the stuff we create for ourselves, good and bad. You know, we've got uh, the baggage. We also got the accolades, the education, the experience, the knowledge. But ultimately, what we have is time. And use it wisely. Use it to better yourself. Use it to enhance your position in life. Use it to make things better for those that you care about. Use it to improve the lives of those that you don't even know but you care about because you're humanitarian. Use your time to enrich, to educate. I did a big thing about the ease, that I wanted to make sure that my time was more focused on the ease, meaning not being wasted, but on things like enterprise, exercise, education, enrichment, and enjoyment. Those are my five E's that I try to look at activities and say, is it doing one of those five things? Time. How are you investing yours? Not overwhelming you yet, I hope. Number 12. In my 28 years, therefore 28 takeaways for running your own business. The ability for you to prioritize will indeed determine the success you have. I've been involved in so many situations over the years. In fact, when my brother, the farmer, was still alive, we observed something going on within my family, something that they thought was a priority. And the people that were prioritizing this non-priority happened to all have standard jobs. And I said, how do they think that this is the most important thing we need to tackle right now when we're dealing with this issue? And it happened to be my mom and her state, etc. And he said, Damien, most people are not self-employed like you and me. They have a hard time with prioritization. There is stuff that's way more important than other stuff. Now, you're either hiding from the important stuff by doing the less important stuff because you don't want to tackle the big thing, or you don't understand prioritization. The reality is some stuff's more important than others, and some stuff doesn't matter at all. Prioritization is going to be a key in dictating your success. Number 13, activity is not productivity. You hear what I said? Activity is not productivity. There are people that you know who are just busy little bees. They buzz from sun up to sundown. The hell of it is they're not really that successful. Why? Because they think being busy is being productive. There is a thing called smart work versus hard work. I'm busy also, but I try to make sure that my busy is building my business and concentrating on revenue generation versus just unnecessary busy work. Some people hide in their busy work because they don't want to actually take on the big challenges or the stuff they're afraid of doing or the stuff that's not in their comfort zone. They stay busy doing stuff that they are comfortable doing versus the productive stuff they should be doing. Number 14, adaptability to an ever-evolving marketplace is the key to your longevity. You don't believe me? Ask the television repairman that used to come to your home when you were a kid, if you're my age, and say, hey, how's business? Okay, if you're younger than that, maybe you're in your 30s and you're saying, TV repairman? Yeah, there used to be such a thing. Every town had at least one. Nobody has a TV repairman anymore. Your ability to adapt 
to an ever-evolving marketplace is the key to your longevity. What's, what's important about success? You can be a flash in the pan and make a whole bunch of money all at once, or you can stay around for the long haul. Usually, the longer you stay around, the more money you're going to have, the more comfort you're going to have. Ah, that's what you're looking for. Number 15, resilience is the most important character trait to success. I don't mind if you disagree with me on this. I wrote a book called Do Business Better. As you know, it's what spawned this podcast. I said there was four critical traits that you most likely are born with or not. And if you don't have any of these four, entrepreneurialism is going to be a struggle. And I said they are risk tolerance. I said they are vision. They are resilience. And they are work ethic. Those are the four things that you're going to have and you better have if you want to be a success. So the point is, I think resilience is the most important thing. It's very difficult to beat the person who refuses to be knocked out. 28 years of running my own enterprise, Mrs. Mason said something very complimentary to me just a few months ago, three to seven months ago, I guess it was. She said, Damon, you've got the next thing going and you started another venture and I just gotta tell you, they'll knock you down, but they will never knock you out. I thought that was probably enough to make me tear up because I'm very, very happy that my wife is proud of my resiliency. Are you resilient? I hope you are. Number 16, if you're doing it for free, if you are doing it for free, it better be a volunteerism thing. It better be for charity. It better be for you to help somebody in need. But if you are doing it for free and you call it business, it better be then just to build your expertise and experience until you can begin charging for it. Call it like an internship, a residency, a training mode. But eventually, if you're doing it for free, it's not a business because we are in business to make money. If you're doing it for free, Make sure you have a reason for doing it for free until you can get to where you're doing it for fee. Number 17. By the way, we're more than halfway done. See, we're flying through this stuff. I'm going to also be releasing an article on this whole point. So if you are not taking notes, you can go and find the article. But more importantly, you can also go and listen to this again and jot it down. And I don't mind if you share with me your thoughts. In fact, I'd really look forward to that. You tell me, hey, I agree with you on number 17, 13, 12. I'm not sure about number nine. That's cool. That means you're thinking. Number 17, take time to stare out the window. I fly on airplanes quite a bit. I try to get window seats now, didn't used to, but now everybody closes their window shade. I hate that because I feel like I'm in a dark tube. They sit there and they watch movies. And I always think to myself, don't you have something more important you could do than sit there and play video games and watch movies? You're a grown ass person. Couldn't you be doing something that's more productive? I read and then I also stop and stare and look out the window. I like looking at those big puffy clouds. You know what I do? I think, I contemplate. Think about myself, my strengths, my trajectory, where I've come from, where I want to go, my loved ones, my life, my dogs, my business, my future, my legacy, and what I can do to occupy the future in a way that is fulfilling to me. Take time to think. Most people don't think. Most people don't want to think. It shows. Take time to think. And think critically and think well, and think positively, but think. Number 18, while you're looking out that window, let your mind wander a little bit. 
creativity is good. Creativity happens when your mind is in a different place, right? Versus focusing on a task. Have you ever solved a problem when you weren't thinking about the problem? Of course you have. I love it getting out on my tractor. After a while, I know what I'm doing. I was raised on tractors. I'm out here mowing a ditch. All of a sudden, my mind's wandering. Okay, I'm not going to wreck. I'm not going to flip over the tractor. And all of a sudden, I'm getting kind of a wandering mind. I'm getting kind of creative, and it feels good. Let your mind wander sometimes. Drift off into a space where you don't normally go. And guess what? You might find a resolution to something that's bothering you when you're over there in that space that you really, really weren't focusing on stuff Ah, it's a great place to be. Let your mind wander sometimes and you'll be amazed at how ideas are spawned that can help you in your life and business. Speaking of ideas, everybody talks about ideas and, and a lot of folks think that success is predicated on a big, brilliant idea. Trust me, I'm in the idea business. I've got a whiteboard. You mean to turn it over here? I'll show you. I got a calendar where I sell dates. I've got whiteboards. I put white, I put stuff on that whiteboard every day. I hope you do the same. I have a pen and paper that's next to my, it's on my desk every day. For 28 years, I've had a notepad, a legal pad sitting there that I write down stuff. I have ideas. You have ideas. Ideas are good, but ideas are useless unless, unless those ideas are executed. Now, you're going to throw away some bad ideas. You're going to let some ideas just go uh, by the wayside, but you also need to continually realize that ideas some of them need taken to that next level. And for that to happen, you gotta go to the kitchen and do the work, right? Now we just talked about ideas and I told you about my whiteboard and my pen and paper, which is number 20, write it down. I don't care if you don't write it down. I like pen and paper because it works for me. I like whiteboards, chalkboards, whatever that thing should be. Maybe you use your phone and your notes feature on your phone or your laptop or your tablet, whatever it takes, document it. Because by documenting it, it helps you put it in your brain. We've seen studies about this. You've read articles about this, I'm sure. When you write down something, now I'm not even talking about typing, because there's another study that says when you type something, you see people sitting there just typing away on their laptop at a meeting, they'd probably be better served to just listen and jot down a few big bullet points, because that will then trigger the memory of what they heard. I write down bullet points. I write down notes to myself. I write down thoughts that I have. I also use the voice memo feature on my phone. Write it down. Number 21. Out of 28 takeaways from 28 years of commanding my own ship, running my own business. Be money-minded. Be financially minded. Understand the money. You are in business. Oh, I just don't like money. I just wanna I just wanna create art. Okay, great. Go create art. You probably will not turn it into a business. I know the Picassos and these kinds of people probably you would say were very artistic and they didn't have a great command of things like ledgers and balance sheets, but you know what? They understood that their business, their business was for money. Yours is too. Be money-minded. When people say, I'm just not good at handling money, what that really means is I'm just not responsible. Bullshit. You know what? Saying, I'm just not good at there's things you're not good at. I get it. I'm not good at playing baseball. I never really played. My arm's terrible. My shoulder's torn up. I don't have what it takes. But you know what? Being understa Understanding finances is not baseball. 
It's just a matter of saying, wait a minute, what's, what do things look like? What are our expenses? What is our income? And what can we be doing right now to improve that situation? It does not take an MBA in finance from an Ivy League university to spend less than you earn. Be money-minded at the most simple level. And don't say, I'm just not good with money, because what that really means is I just don't want to be responsible. Money is how we apportion value, like it or not. Be money-minded. Number 22, establish, maintain, and nurture your relationships. Every opportunity, okay, not every, almost every opportunity that you will be presented with for the rest of your life will come via a channel known as a person. Well, it might happen on LinkedIn. It might happen on social media at some networking event. It might happen in all different manner. But the opportunities that we get in life come from other people who have a business need, a business opportunity, if you will. Nurture, maintain, and develop and establish healthy relationships because it will only help your business. Number 23, speaking of relationships, Sever those relationships which are one way, which are troublesome, which are toxic, where sometimes those people are using you or even seek to harm you. Do not believe that just because you've known these people for a long time or because you are related to them, it's your brother, aunt, sister, or whatever, that you need to maintain a relationship with them. If it's destroying you, if it's causing you harm, if it's causing you grief, if it's got you so anguished you can't sleep, or worse yet, costing you money, or harming your business, sever ties. It's for the better. You'll have other relationships that are not harmful to you. Number 24, we're almost there, folks, on the 28 takeaways from 28 years in business. Number 24, there will be resentment. Remember that movie? Was it Daniel Day-Lewis? There will be blood about the oil man. There will be resentment. I'm sorry. When you have a modicum of success, somebody's going to chip on you. They're going to be resentful of you. They're going to be, shall we say, hostile toward you. They're jealous. They're envious. They resent you. It doesn't matter, in my observation of 28 years, what that level of success is. I had people that resented me when I was a $400 comedy act because they were still a $0 comedy act. You see where this goes? Your $50,000 accomplishment will cause harboring of ill will by those that thought they should have gotten there and they're down there at $0 of accomplishment. Your $500,000 accomplishment will cause resentment from those that are at $200,000 instead of $500,000. Your $5 million accomplishment will create resentment from those who call you lucky because they're still down there at about 1 20th of what you're making. It doesn't matter what the number is. There are going to be those that resent or judge you hostily because of their own jealous and envious characteristics. Do not allow your attention to be distracted. Do not allow your focus to wane. Stick with what you know you want to do. The accomplishments you seek to have, the relationships with your loved ones you want to have, and the life of choice that you seek to create because otherwise you'll be constantly constantly worrying about the resenters and the dissenters. Doesn't do you any good. Number 25, 
Speaking of such things as relationships, not everyone will like you, and that's okay. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I dated a girl back in college. She said something pretty smart. She says, you know, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifferent. And she maybe wasn't the first person to say that. She may have read it in some book or maybe somebody in a, I have no idea. But it's a very accurate statement. The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference, right? Love and hate are both very intensely felt emotions. But there's this thing now, it goes along with social media. How many likes did you get? I want to be liked. I want to know that people like me. You know, the old Sally Field, I started, people like me. Well, the reality is, if you stand for something, if you have convictions, if you have beliefs that you are unwavering about, when you stand for what you have built, when you stand by people that have helped you build it, when you stand by people that are your loved ones, you will have those that do not like you or what you stand for. So you can stand for that and know that you have convictions and balls and backbone and you sleep at night knowing that you stand for something. Or you can be weak and stand for nothing and look for superficial likes. Oh, I like him. Because generally those people that like you don't really ever love you and they're not really going to go to bat for you. So it's a real simple thing. You're going to be unliked by some folks, and that's okay if you stand for something. And I'm not telling you you have to. I just know that there's going to be those that will not like you if you stand for something. Number 26, brains and talent. Are they key to success? They help. Being smart is better in life than being dumb. Being talented, like that baseball player that I don't have that talent. It's better to be a baseball player if you have talent. But brains and talent can be overrated if there's no work ethic. Work ethic is truly. Work ethic, a code of responsibility, a sense of responsibility and a work ethic will go a heck of a long way for anybody that thinks that it's all about brains and talent. There's lots of unsuccessful, smart people because they don't have the work ethic. There's lots of unsuccessful, talented people that could have been something. We've all heard that, right? Boy, she was really good. Could have been this. But what was the key? Was it bad luck or was it bad work ethic? You know which one it is most of the time. Number 27. Speaking of brains, do not allow your grades or test score that happened back when you were a teenager to dictate who and what you are today. We've all been there. We've probably flunked a class or two. Maybe we haven't. I have. And if you didn't, good for you. But remember, the grades and the test scores that you had 5, 10, 25, 30 years ago are not really as important now as they were the day that you sat down at that desk and took those tests and got that grade. What matters now is constant performance, constant improvement, continual learning. More importantly, those failures that you might have had probably made you stronger. It might have told you, hey, I'm not meant to be a, a physicist, but it also doesn't mean that you still can't be very successful just because you got a bad grade or bad test score. Also, the same thing with bad experiences. We've all had them. Are you allowing them to dictate who and what you are today? Don't be self-imprisoned by a bad experience, a bad test score, a bad grade, a bad result that happened 5, 10, 25, 30 years ago. Move on. You'll be fine. And also, it's very, very liberating to say, you know what? That might have been back then, but here's where I am now. 
I got a nice compliment, by the way, about that, who talked about the Damien as a stu- student in 1989 or 90 versus the Damien of today. Because you know why? That was 33 years ago. It's all a different time. Lastly, 28. Know yourself, and your life and business will be much easier. Now, what am I saying when I mean that? Know what motivates you. And I shot a video about this. When I quit my job 28 years ago, I was a 25-year-old man working in corporate America. And I thought, this is great. They give me an expense account. Uh, I've got a, a car allowance. I've got benefits. And they're telling me that in another five years, I might get a promotion and be a regional manager. This is great. And after a while, it dawned on me, that's not really what motivated me. What motivated me was the idea of independence. Specifically, I wanted to be in charge of my own compensation. I wanted to be able to create something. I wanted to put out something, be it a book, a comedy show back then. I wanted to create something, my farm, the beef products that I used to create. I like creating things and seeing value be created. And sometimes there are roles in corporate and in government positions that you don't ever see anything come to fruition. You don't create anything. I wanted to be creative and I wanted to be in charge of my own compensation because of my work ethic. That's what drove me. Why am I telling you about this? Because it's critical that you know yourself. What motivates you and what does not motivate you? What is almost demotivating? What do you really, really thrive on? What thing makes you tick and what does not? Because when you understand that, you can tap these things and you can also avoid the pitfalls of the stuff which you know does not motivate you to your own great success. What are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? Corporations do this all the time. Remember the SWOT analysis that came out 10 or 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whenever it was? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. The problem is everybody sits around the boardroom and they're afraid to ever admit that they have any weaknesses because if they say that, they'll be looked at as though they're not a company person. Oh my goodness, I've got to be a yes man. We have our weaknesses. We care too much. Our weaknesses, we try too hard. Bullshit. Everybody has weaknesses. Every company has weaknesses. Every product will have a weakness. And every individual has a weakness. What are your weaknesses and how can you strengthen it or farm around it? Strengths, weaknesses. What are yours? What motivates you? What does not motivate you? Know yourself. And the more you know yourself and the more you can then strengthen, the more than you can inspire yourself with what you're good at, the more you can tap into your strengths and what makes you tick, the better you will be with your business. Know yourself. Know yourself. Do you know yourself? And the good news is after 28 years of me commanding my own ship out here in Entrepreneurville, Self-Employedville, Gig Workerville, work for myself, work for a bunch of other people-ville, whatever you want to call this, I know myself better than I did when I quit my job back in that day in August 1st of 1994. I hope you do too. Those are my 28. You've probably got your own 28. Maybe you have your own 2.8, whatever it is. I'm glad you tuned in. I very much appreciate you doing this. Share this. Please share this episode with someone that can benefit from it. Um, It's not rocket science, but then most things are not. Share this as a video. You can go on the Damian Mason channel on YouTube and please hit subscribe. Don't cost you nothing. And I would really like you to give me any feedback you might have if this was helpful to you. And I certainly hope that it was. Till next time, check out all my stuff at DamianMason.com. Follow me on social, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook professional page, and also, uh, where did I miss? Instagram, Twitter, all those things. Anyway, thanks for being here. Till next time, keep doing business better. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.